Welcome back to another episode of Talking Points and today the review for the Azerbaijan Grand Prix. Now, first of all, apologies if I sound a little bit rough. We all had a pretty decent night last night for Tomo's Stag. Unbelievable that he's even here, by the way. I uh, didn't expect that one, but it definitely wasn't the most um, crazy race, let's be honest, uh, as Baku goes. But how are you guys doing? Tomo first. How are you actually doing after last night? I mean, yeah, it was one of them nights that... When this morning, people are like, oh, so did you forget much of last night? And I was like, nah. And then I see all these pictures, all these videos, which will never see the light of day. Um, and I, you know what? You like, subscribe to the Talking Points podcast membership. <laughs> maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe there's, that's the only fans that people really want. Um, yeah. no, it, wasn't, it wasn't that saucy, don't worry. But um, yeah, it was, it was one of them where I, I forgot a lot. Um, but everyone had a good time. You know, I bowed out pretty early doors. To be honest, um, I paced myself. Nine o'clock today. Nine o'clock. Yeah, I, I know. I don't think it was even <laughs> nine. I, I did. I, I slept for. Look, I'm almost thirty, boys. Okay, I'm sorry. Like <laughs> this is just what happens when you get a bit older. But all in all, otherwise, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling all right. All things considered, I've got some pistachios and some lemonade, and I'm feeling good. I, I, but I, I don't know. How, how, how about you guys? Like Hayden, you were all right. I saw you this morning, Matt. You. Mm -hmm. I mean, Matt's the. You know. You, you always take care of me. So um, I, I think you guys kept it pretty sensible. Yeah, I was, I was all good after I got undressing you, you off my shoes. <laughs> yeah, cleaning all the... Uh, That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> after, I cleaned, uh, after I cleaned the sick off my shoes, then uh, I, think, I think we're all good. <laughs> yeah. I, think, I think once I had to help you into bed, probably night over for me, going full dad mode. <laughs> Thank you. Literally. And to be honest, uh, do you know what? As exciting as uh, your stag was, it probably was a little bit more exciting than the Azerbaijan Grand Prix. But nevertheless, let's get straight into it. To be honest, yeah, it's... I mean, we've had so many bangers this, this season. It's kind of strange to, you know, rank where this race is. But at the front, it was kind of a race of... It was supposed to be that kind of Red Bull Ferrari showdown. That never quite happened because the Ferraris just decided to basically explode within about 10 laps. I mean, Carlos signs out pretty much straight away. I think he had like a break-by-wire issue. And then also Leclerc. I mean, again, the race was building and it just never happened because Leclerc just started to go pop as well. So yeah, lots of issues for Ferrari, lots of concerns as well. Kind of, you know what, more than the race, kind of horrible for the championship as well. Like mm. it was getting quite close a couple of races ago, you know, Max would kind of build the momentum. And now it's kind of like almost Red Bull are running away with it. I mean, it's crazy, but yeah, Tomo, what, what did you think at the moment that you saw? Because I mean, especially, you know, with science, we kind of saw that it was a break by wire. But when Leclerc's engine went, I mean, how did you how, how did you feel? Well, because I was literally like, well, that's the end of the race. Yeah, I, I think that's what Carlos thought it was, wasn't it? I think it was actually like some kind of hydraulic issue that he had in the end because the, the, the car, it sounded horrible. But I guess this is the problem when you've got a two team title fight. Um, because we don't have a Mercedes in there to also give us a fight at the front or any other team for that matter. I think when it's just two teams, if Ferrari have a bad day and I mean, it was strategy last weekend and it was, uh, you know, not just the Ferrari engines with problems either. You had Joe Guan Yu, he had to pull up. Um, you had K-Mag as well. Uh, you know, there was the Ferrari reliability. Uh, it's funny how recently, because, you know, we're not that far into the season, weren't we? We were talking about kind of the Red Bull glass cannon um, but it turns out that actually Ferrari, their problems were just just waiting to to come up, and and it was a shame because yeah, with with science and particularly Leclerc out, uh, it was going to be really interesting to see with with Leclerc stopping early how that would have panned out. But unfortunately, we were kind of robbed of the opportunity to uh, 
to see it, which was which was a shame, which I think is why the race didn't maybe live up to the hype, I guess. What did you think, Matt, in terms of the strategy? Because even the funny part is actually right before Leclerc retired, there was a little bit of like, have Ferrari got it right? I mean, everyone's watching them now after mm. Monaco in terms of like pitting under that VSC. Yeah, it was definitely a gamble. And I think maybe because it's... We had a few, obviously, a few retirements, and it's all about the way the car positioning was. I thought the first VLC, uh, VSC, I thought it was a bit of a gamble just to go kind of that early. I know a few other people did pit as well, which would have to really like stretch out their their strategies. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a weird one. It's it got to the point towards the end of the race where we were kind of expecting you know the the last remaining Ferrari engines to also blow up. Um, but I think some of the strategies weren't really like correct here uh, i think some teams were hoping that there's going to be an actual safety car to help bunch up the order a bit more um mm. but yeah in terms of like the actual race itself and we I mean ferrari i mean like i think even going into like the first corner like although technically like you know leclerc locked up i think perez already had the corner and then uh sort of just sort of spooked um spooked charles a little bit but yeah both i think this is like where the top runners were doing well but even then it's like science wasn't really matching the pace unfortunately in this one um until we had this sort of retirement so um yeah what did you think hayden i mean same as you um I, we, we were literally talking at the time just before science's uh engine went that he was kind of disappointing us so far this season never really in that fight and then and then pulls over from the side mm, i think the yeah. strategy for ferrari would have worked um going early they had the jump um, you don't know what's going to happen throughout the rest of the race. And yeah, I mean, the gaps were just massive. Looking at it right now, you've got 20 seconds between the top two, then another 20 seconds back to George, another 20 seconds back to Lewis, and mm. then are the rest of the drivers lapping up to 11th. I think for, for the first time this season, uh, we've this is the first time we've seen the new aero regs not work. I just feel like they didn't work today. Cars couldn't really follow. And, and a track yeah. that's got... The longest flat out section, I don't know whether it still has that, but it was always, you know, hyped up as the track that had the longest flat out section. Barely any overtakes down in towards turn <laughs> one. And that's, I, I say it all the time that Baku is a rubbish track. And everyone's like, oh no, Baku's amazing. Baku's only good if there's a safety car. If there's no safety car, it's shite. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like it's one of them, because we didn't get the overtakes at the front. Mm. And I, I, I do think there were, Quite a few overtakes in the midfield that didn't get Five, the coverage maybe you can they probably of. should have. But there was, I mean, there, I, I didn't think it was too bad. I think, you know, when, yeah. when it's not front-heavy overtakes, it's quite easy to miss them because as well, the coverage. I, I think there was loads of times where you could see these gaps at like 0.2, 0.3 and we're just watching, you know, Lewis be three seconds behind Gasly. I was just like, well, why aren't you showing us this overtake that's literally about yeah, to Yeah, but we the, the gaps got to point two, point three, and then that was at the end of turn one and then they just were never able to overtake. I mean, if you were stuck behind that Alpine, that Alpine was an absolute rocket down the straight. There was no <laughs> yeah, chance yeah, of yeah. overtaking no that chance. most of the time. Um, but that's just how it looked. Like you could see on the timing screens, yeah, sometimes it would come down to that gap, but it wouldn't, there wouldn't, be an overtaking opportunity. There was a few in there, don't get me wrong, you know, Vettel overtaking uh, Ocon and going off and then coming back through the field and making a few overtakes. But, you know, out of 51 laps, I can think of maybe five that were memorable. It just was not that great. I, I think that's yeah. a bit harsh. I'm not yeah. gonna, I, I feel like that's a bit actually harsh on back. I do, I think it was purely because like we Hater. didn't really get a race up front. Like once the, <laughs> once the Ferraris were gone, like the Red Bulls were like messing about. Like mm. midway through the race, Max was like, should I just go like a second quicker, like just the bands? <laughs> and his engineer's like, 
know yeah. how to lose this race. Just like drive to the speed, yeah. get it to Definitely. the end. Like, I mean, at one point they were like, don't even use DRS. And I think they actually, do you know what? The really big thing is that when we do lose the Ferraris, it is honestly just Red Bull domination because yeah. the gap between the two teams up top and the midfield teams, which we're going to put, you know, Mercedes in that as well. It is huge. Mm -hmm. I mean, in qualifying, it's a second. It's still one second. And so over the course of a race, I mean, yeah, that's why we got like the 20, 40, you know, that's why we got those gaps. So yeah, it's it, it's a weird one. But yeah, I think the Red Bulls had it covered. But at the end of the day, I think Ferrari is going to take the headlines from this race and for all the wrong reasons. Like the weird thing is, I'm not sure if Max Verstappen is going to be remembered for this. It's all about just the Ferrari implosion at the end of the day. Yeah, I, I, I think it's a good point. I'd love to see the Italian newspaper headlines tomorrow because mm. there's so much expectation and you know you do feel like ferrari have the car and have the driver particularly in charles leclerc to win a world title but you know rely reliability is is, a, is something that affects all teams um to different extents but they have produced a car they've produced a chassis they've produced an engine which is quick enough to win races and to put charles in the fight for this title and if they don't win it you know, because this is an opportunity, let's be honest, with Mercedes not being up there, it's a two-team championship at the moment. Obviously, we don't know how things are going to change, but eight races in, it's just two teams fighting. This is, you know, by the time, let's say next year, I know Mattia Bonotto weirdly came out and said, oh, as long as we win races, I'm like, I can't, I'm, I'm, I'm not quoting directly here, but it was along the lines of like, well, if we don't win a championship, whatever. I'm like, nah, this is, this is Ferrari. You this sure, is mate? an institution. <laughs> Like no no title of any kind since 2008. So I just think all that expectation, I I, I think the Tafosi, you know, have, have, have deserved better for a long time. And mm. I really hope, because, you know, I, I've said this before, I want Charles to win a title. I think he deserves it. I think he's a fantastic driver. And I, it's just, it would be a shame so for biased. Ferrari, yeah. maybe Ferrari through strategy and unreliability, if they let themselves down more than anyone else, I would be pretty upset be honest because i don't know if they get another chance anytime soon i mean ferrari letting themselves down surely not surely not <laughs> never ferrari. heard that before they always get it right but <laughs> i think yeah, i think exactly. a lot of people it's gonna are forgetting. Be, i mean sorry i was gonna say i think a lot of people are yeah, forgetting that, that that max verstappen also had those two dnfs already this season they're even on dnfs mm -hmm. the only thing that you can maybe say that charles leclerc's left missed out on most is the strategy call in monaco which, in all fairness, the first one was his fault. It was his call to listen to the team and come into the pits. Carlos Sainz was the one who made the other decision to stay out. So, you know, in terms of DNF... I wouldn't say that's... I wouldn't say that's like... You can't blame Charles for listening to his team. I'm not going fully against Charles Leclerc at that point. I'm saying, you know, there was a different strategy call that he could have made. But if you're looking at going, oh, yeah, Ferrari have ruined this for his championship, Max has also had two DNFs. They both had two DNFs this season. Yeah. So you still got to look at it side by side with that. You can't forget that. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, but obviously, I do think yeah, some but... circumstances are a bit different with that. And I think that's... It, it, I think well, we're Some a... circumstances where points lost massively in the spin in Imola, like... Yeah, but I'm also that's like... That's a drive like, error at the end of the day, isn't it? <laughs> but then, like, it I is. think it's... It it, we're, we're getting to the point now where, like, it's... The reliability is the big 
question now with most of the teams. I mean, we've seen it now with like Alfa Romeo where like mm -hmm. both both Joe and Bottas are performing really well, but the car literally is now just really unreliable. You can't you can't tell if it's going to come up to a free practice session, if it's just going to conk out or not. And now we're having this with all the Ferrari engines um, that everyone who was running a Ferrari engine had problems within their team. And this is the point now where we're still looking at the new regs of cars. Obviously, we're talking about, about, about Baku of if the cars can follow or not. Um, but also now we're getting to the point now where the engines have been running for so long, like these, they're now starting to counter issues which they haven't really experienced before. Um, and so now this is a real big issue because it's obviously uh, Ferrari is now struggling a bit as a team because the drivers are performing or the driver is performing where they should be. But now the rest of the team isn't really following where they need to be now. Um, but yeah, honestly, I, I don't, I don't think it's r proper like on par now of like proper DNFs because I think yeah with like Charles Leclerc in Monaco like yeah he was just following what his team was saying who have way more data yeah, so I don't think the blame is really on him so no no that's, that's I, what I, I think as well like, the blames the team though that's going to be the title <laughs> Hayden blames Leclerc for Monaco <laughs> going to take your words it's massively out of context Leclerc is bottling this science made a cracking call Charles Leclerc also has a brain could have could have maybe fought a little bit harder. I mean, that is that is true, but because <laughs> I, I do think as well, I it, I think it I think I think the reason that it looks more promising because you're right, yes, like Red Bull, it's you know it's such a we've we're only eight races in and it feel, feels like yesterday we were talking about Red Bull reliability issues, but obviously they have had most of theirs towards the start of the year, um, and, and more recently in terms of from a mechanical point of view. You know, they had their bloody rear wing jumping about all over the place in FP1, didn't they? But it's almost like I feel like Red Bull's issues in terms of reliability is perhaps obviously that that, that fuel flow pickup thing at Bahrain, wasn't it? But then it's been like, you know, they've had issues with DRS. It's almost like they're trying to, that they're really pushing the boundaries um, of the, the regulations to, to, to maximise, which is, you know, why Red Bull were once again and have been fighting for race wins ever since, you know, Seb Vettel jumped into that car and, you know, from, from 2010 onwards, they've always like been in a position to win races every single year for a reason because I think they're just pushing the boundaries. But with mm. Ferrari, when it comes to reliability of your power unit, ah, it's just, it, it again, it would, it, it would just be such a shame for it to come down to that because I think there's a fantastic Leclerc Verstappen title fight, these two protagonists, because as much as I've been, you know, I'm very guilty of gassing up Sergio Perez, but I think this race for Stappen really showed like, you know, he kind of put his foot down because yes, Sergio out qualified him, but the gap between them two in the end of the race mm. was about 20 yeah. seconds, wasn't it? So yeah. Yeah. And also, by the way, I just like, there's no talk of team orders here. Like Max just had the pace in the race over Sergio. Yeah, like, Sergio admitted it as I well, think, didn't he? Do you know what the problem is also is that it, it's kind of a weird thing that's going on in terms of like, Leclerc has been so amazing in qualifying. Like, I've already lost count. How many poles has he had this season? Like, what is it, like five or something? Six? Six? Yeah. Something? something like that, yeah. yeah. Like, I've literally lost count. And like, there's that crazy stat that now after this race, Max Verstappen mm -hmm. has got more wins from Charles Leclerc pole positions than Charles Leclerc himself. Like, Mad. And I feel like that's reflecting badly because even from like a mental aspect, all of that is going on in the back of the minds of the drivers and Ferrari. And like, they do not need this. Like that conversion rate from pole to win it's just going to almost carry on throughout the seasons like a bit of a joke. So they Wally really need Merchant. to step up. And I mean, there's still plenty of races left, mm. but yeah. But but this was <laughs> the first race that like, uh, looking at the uh, the Delta, and I, I'm not sure whether this was, because I think Sergio didn't actually get a proper toe 
for his quick lap in qualifying. But it looked like the Ferraris, they were quicker in all the corners than the Red Bull, but they were pretty much as fast down the straight. New rear wing maybe solved that to an extent, but this is why it looked like looking at, F- at practice, looking at qualifying, it, this looked like it was Ferrari's race all over. Mm. And just like it did in Monaco, and they come away with nil poids, and now we've got George Russell only 17 <laughs> points behind Charles Leclerc, yeah, which mad. is mad. <laughs> Brilliant. It is. Good Good mad. <laughs> I, I will say, though, it's, yeah. I mean, we'll see how... I don't think the season has actually started yet. I've got this really... I don't know about you guys, but I've got this weird feeling that... Has. Yes, in terms of like we're seeing, you know, Max yeah, dominate. There's been Leclerc, like eight but, races, isn't there, Hayden? You're about. Or is, yeah, oh, that's just not pretty been sure, pretty Just sure in the terms of the championship started, narrative, <laughs> like this champion, I don't feel like there is still like a championship narrative this season. We don't, we don't have Leclerc versus Verstappen because they've each got like reliability issues. You know, last year we had, right from the beginning of the season, we knew it was a Lewis versus Max battle. This mm. season, it feels like, obviously, of course it started, but in terms of just like, I don't know. I don't feel like it's as exciting, even though both of the drivers and both of the teams are really close. It's just, mm. I don't know. Maybe it's just a bit different from last year because we did see Max and Lewis every single race. It was like they were right next yeah. to each other. And this year, it seems like one day it's Red Bull having a good race and then one day it's Ferrari having a bad race. And it still hasn't been as close as I kind of hope it to be. But maybe that's just like the new generation of cars, to be honest. And maybe it's just my expectations after 2021. I don't know. No, I think you're right. I mean, I think one. the uh, I think it's not been as close. Whereas last year, like you say, it was like neck and neck. One would get the edge, then the other one. Whereas this season, we've sort of seen Leclerc go for it, and then Max come back. So maybe we'll see it more that way. That it's more clumps of races that drivers get the better of each other. But if you're saying the season hasn't started yet, then don't worry, Tomo. Albon still has a chance for the championship. It hasn't started yet. Okay. What do you mean he's still got a chance now? What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What did you do at maths? That mate? Williams you update's coming, boys. That Williams <laughs> update's coming, trust me. It's taking right. a long old while, though. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that, good things come to those who wait, Matthew. Sandbags. <laughs> now, another thing that I think is going to be talked about heavily after this race, because again, in terms of the racing, like we didn't get too much up front, but porpoising once again, and like the drivers, you know, their safety is definitely something that's been talked about quite a lot, especially this weekend. I mean, it's obviously been <laughs> talked about throughout the season, but yeah. Let's I mean, all do it together, saw, boys. Come on, come on. Yeah, yeah. For, for any uh, oh, this audio like listeners, for audio <laughs> listeners, we are bouncing up and down in our seats. <laughs> yeah. and that's it. There you go. No, but honestly, like even early on in practice, seeing Lewis Hamilton's on board, it yeah. looked gnarly. It yeah. was mm-hmm. unbelievable. Now, a lot of the drivers talked about it. Funnily enough, something that did come out after the race is that apparently 19 of the 20 mm-hmm. drivers kind of all agreed that, you know, porpoising is a massive issue. The FIA need to do something about it. The one driver that didn't apparently... Fernando Alonso. He's just built different, clearly. Fragile but. masculinity. <laughs> Hell's There's a very... There, I think there's actually a fine line in terms of, like, they do... I do think that something maybe needs to be looked at in, the, in like, the driver safety aspect, but I... It's weird because Red Bull have got it right. Ferrari have a quick car, but it's still porpoises, and it's Mercedes that kind of are trying to catch up, but they're porpoising to a degree that it's actually hurting the drivers, and I feel mm. like there's a fine balance in terms of driver safety, but also not hurting a team like Red Bull, who just... Got mm-hmm. it right. Yeah. Like they the rules were the same for everyone else, mm-hmm. and they did not get it wrong. So, how do you guys feel in terms of like what ha- what should the FIA do next? Like, well, should they now like do something about it? I think yeah. I think there is a a good 
discussion to like have it. I don't think the FA can come in straight away and be like, right, we need to sort this straight away sort of thing. Cause it's, it's very much on the team of like, you know, how close the car needs to be to the road. And if they want to go a bit lower, then you're going to cause more of that. So it is more on the teams to have that. And it's obviously is a very new issue that we've had this season. Obviously, I think there's been cases of it before, but never to this extent. And even with like McLaren, where uh, up until now, they have a pretty much a pretty nicely built car and they started to encounter porpoising on this one. Um, and I think with like Mercedes, you've got to remember they went for quite a out there design in terms of how they want the airflow to go over their car. And it's kind of like, well, this is something you should, probably should have expected when doing for a, a different design. Like other teams don't have it as bad, but we've got to remember Mercedes do have this weird bespoke Cypod X design. And I know that's not the whole issue of it, but like I know Hamilton's pretty much, I think this is now the, the, the straw that's broke the camera's back and Hamilton's going to, Basically, say to the guys, this Quite can't literally. happen anymore. Don't care. Can't. Yeah. I, I, yeah. <laughs> um, like, I don't know what Very upgrade good. they can Very change good. with it, but I just know this is going to be the last, um, the last time that we're going to have to see it. Otherwise, yeah. Whether that's you know having to go slower or take that hit in the race performance, like if they're, I don't know how badly it's affecting George. I know he's had some comments with it, but it seems it's mostly been with Hamilton's car. Um, but yeah, as I said, like other teams uh, who, like McLaren who haven't had much porpoising issues before, here at Baku at least, it must have been obviously on the main straights, um, are really starting to encounter it badly. But um, uh, Tommy, what do you think? Look, I just, it's such a, that there's so many factors into it. And, you know, you've got, I think we're going to see, I think the rest of the year, there's only two more street circuits, Canada and one other. I can't remember Singapore. which one. I think. Singapore, that's it. Rest of the season is is out and out tracks. Now, obviously, when you've got street circuits and you're not on the proper racing tarmac, I, I think we've seen it be more of an issue in terms of porpoising slash bottoming out, whatever. Um, I think that's been... So, so as the season goes on, I think we should see less of it inherently. Um, but I, yeah, I do think there's like there's a big conversation around, you know, who the the liability is with. Because, you know, I was reading an article earlier on Autosport saying that, you know, when in the in the run up to this season there was a conversation the FIA slash Formula One were looking at implementing a minimum ride height um because they were obviously understanding these are ground effect cars so they're going to be riding close to the ground but if they ride too close you know they would have foreseen to an extent this issue and the teams rejected so that and there wasn't enough yeah. backing so 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 in some ways you should say, well, you know, you've you've made the bed, now you've got to lie in it. But I don't actually believe that. I I, I think, you know, okay, fine, they rejected it then. But this has been, you know, this race particularly, yeah. we saw like the state Lewis was in when he got out of that car. Like and and I think I think that it, it sits with the teams completely. Like the, these rule, it's not like it's not like there's something in the regulations that fundamentally there's like a ruling that maybe gains performance but then hurts the drivers like like you said already like some cars have it to more of it like every car has it to an extent but some cars way more than others but that's like the teams like they are choosing to run the cars that low for performance but they are choosing to compromise and, and make the drivers more uncomfortable that's a choice the teams are deciding to make and as far mm -hmm. as i'm concerned I don't as much as I think there should be a conversation with the FIA and because it's a safety related thing I think the buck stops with the teams 100% because it wouldn't be fair to punish the teams who have engineered like Alfa Romeo's car barely yeah. porpoises at all exactly and yeah. it, so it's not like it's not like these 
it, it's not that porpoising should be fundamental. Like they will dial it out eventually where it's barely a factor at all. And it's new regulations. It's going to take time. But for me, the buck stops with the teams, Hayden. That's what I think completely. Definitely fully agree with you. Um, I'm wearing the Merck shirt today, but you know, Mercedes are the ones who would benefit massively if they wanted to bring a rule in to change that. That's why they're asking for that so much because their car is the worst at porpoising. So they want a rule to come in so that everybody else is slowed down by this rule coming in so that when they have to do it, it's not as bad for them. And Which I don't blame them for is. doing, by the way. I don't blame like, them for doing it. Of course they're going to try it. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's it's sport. Everyone's always going to try little bits. You know, if mm. somebody nudges you out on track, you're going to try and report them because you want to try and see if they can get are. a penalty. Yeah. Even if you think, ah, oh, nah, mm. if it was the other way, I w wouldn't expect yeah, to get yeah. a penalty for that. But you'd always ask. You'd always try and see if maybe someone would make a mistake or something like that. So, yeah, they're definitely going to ask for it. But... You know, it's up to them. They can ride the car higher to make it easier, but they don't want to because they don't want to lose the time. So that's their fault for making a car that has to ride that low to get the speed, but experiences that, that porpoising. Yeah, I'm kind of, all, I'm, I'm still in two minds over this because it's completely on the teams. Again, there's nothing in the rules actually that makes the cars like porpoise. Porpoising's not in the rules. Yeah. Like, and it yeah. doesn't, it doesn't do any fa anyone any favours. So. It's very benign and like... Engineering am, challenge. Yeah, I'm very like, like... I'm curious as to like when they were developing, you know, the base design for this new car. I'm so surprised. It must have come up surely when they were doing their testing and like wind tunnels or like you know, the aerodynamics I mean, yeah. and stuff. I'm, I'm really surprised that this never really sort of came up. But I do think like if the FIA had to step in, I think, yeah, it literally would just be like a minimum height, which would like sort of counteract all of that. But then obviously all the teams would then say, well, no, it's not. Our, our car doesn't do any porpoising whatsoever. So I feel, I feel like if the FIA had to step in, for whatever reason, I think that would have more complications because some teams, as you said, like they've got it correct and have no porpoising, whereas Mercedes, because they've gone for a different design, it's kind of on them. So I think it is definitely more on the teams onto that. And there's so much variability like throughout the grid, like Ferrari actually porpoise quite a lot. Like mm -hmm. they're, they're really affected by it, but it's not at effect. The thing is, it's at kind of a different speed compared to the Mercedes and it doesn't affect their aerodynamics. Whilst with the Mercedes, it's completely like just completely screwing up their aero, even during braking as well. Like mm. that's the really big thing. Like when you're trying to brake and the thing is bouncing, like that's really what's kind of causing the drivers a lot of issues as well. But Ferrari seems to be able to kind of cope with it a little bit. We saw a lot of it in Australia. And then obviously, you know, the likes of the Red Bull team, I definitely think there's going to be um, a bit of a controversy. I, I definitely think there's going to be a controversy about this because I know the driver's going to push back on it. There's just no way that they won't. Mm. And again, the likes of Red Bull are going to say, we didn't do anything wrong. Like, why should we have to raise the yeah. ride height of our cars yeah. when we have built it to the specification of the regulations and our drivers say it's fine. So, yeah, it seems like this has been kind of stirring throughout the season, but I do think that this is going to get bigger and bigger. And I'm I'm looking for, I'm, you know what? I'm actually mm. looking forward to seeing like kind of the pushback that the uh, that the teams have. But I don't know if you've noticed again, as well, I, though, yeah. um, that like with the Ferrari porpoising, it doesn't seem to be as like big of a jump as Mercedes. You know, Mercedes, you can clearly see how big of it going up and down whereas ferrari's one it obviously is still jumping up and down but it's like it, i don't know if you guys have noticed it's like more micro jitters especially when we've seen it on like the visor cam with like leclerc or a science even where it's like it's little bumps so maybe maybe that is like they have it but they've dialed down the jumping up to be smaller down with the aero but um yeah i've, I've always noticed that like the mercedes one it's just it seems way more violent than everyone mm. else's i think they're saying like 6g mm. at times mm. like that up and down motion like Ooh. that's not yeah like that's yeah. not going to do i mean they're talking about like, like Toto a bit worried that if lewis 
can't, well, it does sound like a good time, but not for Lewis Hamilton. They were saying like maybe he won't even be able to race in Canada because he's hurt himself that bad. I mean, we'll see. Hopefully, hopefully he's all right. But yeah, I think I, for me, it's on the teams for sure. Step up, Stoffel van Dorn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there we go, mate. He's fighting for it, mate. He's fighting for a bigger championship. Formula E, that's what he's doing. So he's fighting. <laughs> big, big up Stoffel. But yeah, again, I think this is going to rage on throughout the season. It was kind of like the biggest talking point uh, from, uh, from Baku, but... I think I'm going to move on actually to the head-to-heads now because, again, the race wasn't kind of... it. The fight up front wasn't quite what we hoped it was going to be, especially after the Ferraris went bang. So I do want to move to the head-to-heads because there is actually quite a bit to talk about in the midfield when we get to some of those teams. But sure. uh, let's quickly start off with uh, Red Bull because, again, no drama. They were messing about basically mid midway through the race like uh, with their pace. I think Max Verstappen has to take it. I think even after the race, I think it was Christian Horner that said that, that their setups were very different. Sergio Perez went more for like a quality setup because he won a track position. Max went for more of a race setup, which was quite interesting, I thought. And yeah, Max just had the pace, so he's definitely got to take the dub for me. Mm. Yeah, Easy. same. Easy. That, that is, it has to be. I, I think that the discrepancy in race pace um, was was clear for all to see, um, which was a shame because, you know, when Sergio jumped Charles at the start, I was like, go on, Sergio. I was like, yes, I haven't jigged it with my video, but he's still got <laughs> P2, so it's still a great result for Sergio. No question. On the podium again, I suppose. For for me, it's it's a tough one with Sergio <laughs> because one one week I love what he's doing, and another week it's like uh oh, we're we're back to where where he was because he's twenty seconds of his teammate at the end of the day, and he was leading, and it's kind of a bit like Saudi Arabia where he was on pole, he was leading, then got mm. jumped, and then nothing really happened after that. He wasn't able to get back into it, and you know, looking like a similar sort of dynamic that we had with Lewis and Valtteri at Mercedes where, you know, there were some races where Valtteri was able to beat Lewis in qualifying and then beat him in the races as well. But then there were others where Lewis would just, you know, said, see you later. I'll, I'll see you in the uh, team hospitality at the end and just wave goodbye. So that's kind of I, how it's I, I looking do, like Perez can fight, but maybe not all the time. I do wonder how much of that gap was down to the set. Cause I didn't know. I didn't. That's the first I've heard that this, their setups were fundamentally different. So, I wonder how much of that gap was set up and how much of that, because Sergio was super confident. Like he, you know, he, he out-qualified Max for a reason and he was really mm. strong in practice. And yeah, may, maybe it was just a mistake on setup. Mm. Who knows? But and also we've got to remember- Max, at, at, Max at did what he had to do. Yeah, we've got to remember at the beginning of the race as well, like Sergio did pull away quite a bit, especially after like the first lap, he was already like a second or so ahead. His first stint was pretty decent and then started to go with it. It's just mm. literally when, I think after like the VSEs, is that's when it all just started to go away from him. And then, yeah, to be 20 seconds behind, uh, or however long it was behind, it was, it was a shame. So, but yeah, easy one for Max on this one. The one thing I liked about that, what Tomo said, the mind of an F1 content creator, like, Going into a race, my last video, the driver better deliver because I've, you know, I've got that pressure on my back. <laughs> I am no that pressure, powerful. Sergio. I am that. I'm that benevolent. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're lucky he did end up on the podium because otherwise that video would just be uh, fraudulent. Would have been popular. Uh, but yeah, it's Ferrari. I mean, what can you say? Like, do what I found actually quite funny is that yeah, there was a easy. little quote after the race. There was a little quote after the race of uh, Carlos Sainz where he was like, "Yeah, you know, I was about to push. Like, I was so frustrated. I had like, I was about to like unleash oh. my pace." And I was like, oh, absolute, what, you know? absolute You're six seconds behind like, when that happened. Like, absolute chill out, mate. Like, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's got to be Leclerc, but it's like, yeah, fair enough. I think we're all he, in, he I think we're, further, I guess. I think we're all in agreement, aren't we, lads? <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, it's Leclerc. What, how big was the gap in qualifying between the two of them? Uh, like five tenths, I think. I think it was like half a second, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it's yeah, five tenths. Let's have a look. 41.3 and a 41.8, so five, yeah. five tenths. Yeah. 
So a lot, it's a lot of time. Not good enough. And that lap by Leclerc though was just science is going to be taken out. Science is going to be taken out the championship. He's going to oh, I was just about to start winning races, but now I'm out the championship. <laughs> I'm no longer in the fastest Man, car Jordan now. Jordan Russell's oh. still ahead of him. Jordan <laughs> yeah, Russell is. is still ahead of he him. I'm, I'm I'm holding on to that. I'm holding on to that. Uh, but yeah, Charles as well. Uh, up, let's go to Mercedes actually. I mean. Mercedes, uh, I think it was actually a really good race by Lewis in terms of like making the comeback, but George Russell, he has these like, honestly, his 2022 season is like qualifying well, not doing anything in the race mm -hmm. and then ending up with a really good result. Like he just yeah. doesn't do anything. Like, I don't think he overtook a single person, but he was there when it counted, did it in qualifying. I think the team has said that, you know, they're experimenting with, you know, with the, with their two cars, but yeah, Lewis had a good race, but I'm going to go uh, with uh, George Russell on this one. Yeah, I think that's the difference between George and Lewis is that that George is able to qualify because I think Merck is just a little bit ahead of that midfield pack, just slightly, and you're able to see it when George pulls away. And I think because George qualifies ahead of them a lot, he's able to pull away from them and get into that sort of no-man's land area. But because Lewis, most of the time in qualifying, hasn't, it's always been in that pack, so he just gets stuck there. And there's mm. no chance for him to really unleash maybe what that car potentially has. I f still think George is doing a better job with it this season. Um, and, you know, he's he's just been absolutely fantastic. Uh, it would be great to see if they can fix that car and get to a place where they can maybe fight up front. But, yeah, George, easy. Go on, Matt. Anyone want to go? go on. Yeah, it's, 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 it's George. It's, it's simple as. I think this one's a line sinker. There's not more really I can add. You've kind of said it all. Well, I, so... <laughs> I, I do think that, you know, like you said, the, the experimentation that has been from what Mercedes have said, that's been primarily with Lewis's car in terms of putting extra sensors on the car being, you know, because I do think obviously this is, you know, eight races into a new regulation, which we're going to have these fundamentally same regulations for the next, you know, to what end of 2025. So I think that uh, we, we, we don't know how much that is accounting for the gap because there is clearly a gap at the minute in terms of qualifying head to head in terms of race. Like I, I think race performances, like it's been pretty close. Um, but I, like you say, Adas, I think the, the, the fact that George is able to just out qualify and just be those couple of positions up the road at the start it is having a big effect because then Lewis is more like Monaco is that prime example. You know, Lewis gets stuck behind Fernando. George is running in clean air and, and yeah. can have his own race and another boring race where you don't see him on camera. That's fine. But yeah, I, I think we should. Yeah. Cause I know, obviously I know a lot of people are taking, Oh, Oh, Lewis washed taking this opportunity to like jump on him because George is doing a fantastic job. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, no, I, I think there's, there's more context there to that. I don't think that's Mercedes just protecting Lewis. I do think that, that there is truth to that. Um, but I, we, we can't say how much of a difference that's actually making. What we can say for sure is that George is has been arguably driver of the season so far. He's just been so good. New team. Like We know he's, he's Mercedes junior, so he's got experience in that team. But the way he's come in and just kind of hit the ground running and again, with a, with a dodgy car, able to... is literally doing exactly what Mercedes need to still still keep them in some kind of potential because it it could take one upgrade and things could change and mm -hmm. as much as i don't think that's going to happen um that he's keeping mercedes in with a shot a chance an outside chance maybe even p2 in the constructors if ferrari keep fumbling yeah I mean. mm. yeah i mean it's just the thing about george actually no the thing about mercedes sorry but 
they're qualifying so bad that they're falling into that midfield, like Hayden said, and that's making their, there's so much like attention on their strategy now. But when you're in that midfield, it is so much more difficult to kind of have the perfect strategy. There's so many different elements. Yeah, there's yeah. like, you know, you have the likes of Alpha Tauri doing, you know, one stops and like, it's much more difficult to control when you have a quicker car and you're only racing with say a Red Bull or a Ferrari, you know, up top. It's much kind of clearer to see the strategy, but in the midfield, there's so many unknowns and it's so much easier to get caught out in safety cars and VSCs. And I think that's why that's why we're seeing Lewis have like these comeback drives because he's getting caught in that midfield exactly like he was in Baku. But yeah, I think the team is just kind of like that. The entire season now is just data, data, data. Another <laughs> another race of data collection, boys. Uh, but yeah, we'll see how it goes because the problem is that they're still a second away. Like yeah. they're not six or five tenths away. They're a second away in quality. Mm -hmm. And that's where uh, it's definitely hurting the most. But next up, let's talk about uh, Alpha Tauri. Now, <laughs> it was looking like a very good race for very, the team that's been struggling for most of the year. And then Yuki Sado, his wing. I mean, what happened there? The duct tape. <laughs> I he was having such that. a good race as well. Absolutely oh, loved cool. it. How did he not get a black flag, by the way? That was unbelievable. Well, I guess in theory, because like the part didn't actually come off. And like if it if it looked structurally sound, then I think it's all good. I, I don't think it was technically duct It was something... It looks like duct tape, but it just had like a reflective material yeah. on top. So I think it was sort of like almost like aluminium I think tape. It's like, um, yeah, because to, to make it like not melt and get as hot, I think that's that's why. I think it's like sort of more of a metal or metallic tape. Absolutely. But like, yeah, they're both running so well. Um, and like, yeah, I think Gasly started four, uh, sixth and then was like running uh, in, in fourth. And um, and yeah, with Yuki's one, it was just it was what I found really fascinating when he came in to come change the DRS uh, issue. Um, basically, the front left Jackman who gets on the tire. He was the one who then had to run around the back to then try and fix it. And I was just like, surely if you knew you could have to do that, have, have someone there on hand already. Bit inefficient. But, yeah, totally. <laughs> like if you watch it back, it was a bit like. Why is the front people having to do it on the back? I know you can only have a certain amount mm. of people who actually can fix the car, but that just seemed like just a bit stupid of anything. I know it's going to slow you up anyway. Um, but even then, still, Yuki was like, as soon as he came back out, um, I can't remember who he was. I think it might have been Stroll, potentially. It was Stroll, yeah. He yeah. was just ahead of Stroll. And like he's, he managed to keep position for that for that first bit. So, um, yeah, I think for this one, I, I think I've got to give it to Gasly. Like, I'm really like impressed with what the race he was doing today. Of like, yeah, getting up to P4 and then... Um, then all the issues and then why have you yeah, yeah I, I definitely think, think it was his best quality of the year so far i think in the race he didn't do really anything wrong you got to think as well question maybe you know if they had pitted him um on that safety car he may have been able to to salvage p mm, p4 maybe um mm. i i think there's there's a conversation there but yeah. at the end of the day i, th I think it's it's an important result for pierre and yeah, yeah. I think Yuki was doing a cracking job. He made a really good move. I think it was turn three. He made a really good move up the inside. Can't remember who it was on. Um, and I think it was Ocon. Yeah, yeah. It might be. Yeah, because Ocon was holding people up for time, wasn't he? Yeah, and, um, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think that I'm. I, I think that team's. It's interesting because I think that team's like in a. You know, Yuki's delivering now. I think he's driving well. I think Pierre's. Mm -hmm. You know, he's a bit of a slow start, but I think this is an important result for him. Um, I would also yes give it to Pierre. Um, didn't put a foot wrong. Uh, just a shame for Sonoda because uh, he deserved deserved a couple of points today. I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll go for Gasly, but don't sleep on Sonoda. He's done a good. He's done a good job. No, today. I agree. <laughs> good boy. Yeah, I think Pierre Gasly as well, and especially after Monaco, I, I said in the Monaco podcast, like I think he could have been right up there with the likes of Lando Norris. He got massively unlucky because of Yuki uh, in qualifying. <laughs> but yeah, True. this was a much needed race for Alpha Tauri because that team, like. 
they're, they're just such a it's such a strange team in that midfield like i think they do have the potential to be up there but mm. every single race there's either like reliability issues like driver issues or like just little problems there and there but yeah definitely happy for pierre because yeah he was under a little bit of pressure with yuki uh improving his results now aston martin sebastian vettel ended up spinning Easy. and still came in Easy. sick Mate, if, if he doesn't if he doesn't spin, he's driver of the day for me. If he doesn't have that, because <laughs> there could have been, well, he says P5, there could have maybe even been a P4 on the table if he doesn't spin, which not only, to be fair, I know everyone like clowned on Aston Martin for their side pod design, but they've turned, because it, it's only, this is what I mean about Williams. Like it literally, it's like three races ago and they're like down with Williams, mm -hmm. like the two trash teams at the end. And now like Seb on pace, great result. Yeah, absolutely. And I think like me and Hayden were watching it for backseat driver and um, loved the overtake and they just went straight off. And I think it was a beautiful pirouette, like straight away, get the rear spinning. Exquisite. Um, mm. I think also because of the onboard camera, it almost looked like he clipped Yuki. He didn't. He, there, was, there was enough of a gap, but just because of the mm. angle, yeah, it, looks, yeah. it, looks, it, it looks a bit sketch. And then ultimately, sketchy. like just due to his own pace, yeah, then I can't remember how many more laps it is in future, was then able to retake over, going yeah. past Ocon. Um Maybe he just wasn't used to the straight line speed because he just couldn't get it stopped in time. Because he got, went past him fine, and then he's just like, ah, go too quick. Um, but yeah, I think for this one, yeah, I've got to give it to I've got to give it to Vettel. Like such a great drive today, and um, I can't Easy. remember the reason why Stroll retired in the end. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, he still. Wasn't. I think they said they had some weird readings on the cast. They yeah, they did to yeah. box it. Yeah. But yeah, but yeah, for this one, uh, for me, is definitely going to go to Vettel. But Hayden, what, what about you? I mean, it's, it's an easy one for Vettel, you know. It's, it's, it's a cracking result. <laughs> he doesn't want to talk about it. Nothing at all. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those days you don't really want to talk about it just because it's one of those where your no, driver's just not had a good fair. one. And, you know, yeah. it's, it's, just, yeah. it's just one of those where, you know, Stroll for the past two races has just not been on it compared to Vettel, you know. But, you know, I back my boy. He's going to have some races coming up where, you know, it's going to come back to him. Hopefully next time, you know, he goes to his home race for the first time since, oh, since 2019 that he can maybe have a good result there. But for this one, yeah, Vettel was just absolutely fantastic. I do actually want to get a word from you guys in terms of like, because the Aston Martin, I think, does seem to be improving a little bit. Um, sure. Seb, I think he was, oh, after qualifying, he was quite happy in terms of like the balance of the car. So uh, that was quite good. Obviously, he's really been able to turn up the performances. Is there any chance for them to kind of, obviously... Stroll does need to improve. There's no doubt about it. Maybe if there's any races without qualifying, that'd be great for him. But do you think there's any chance of that <laughs> sprint like getting up to that midfield? Like, yeah, exactly. Sprint I think they're races, there. Just nothing but sprints. I, I, I think they're there. Think... When you say yeah. midfield, I think definitely. Like, mm -hmm. I, I, I think with the amount of, obviously that was a huge upgrade. That's kind of, you know, the decision to obviously go with two different paths. You've got to wonder if they had gone with that path initially, um, and, and kept to it and not gone down the other path and then worked out, oh, actually, that was the wrong decision. You've got to wonder where they could have been um, with that as well. But yeah, I, I think they're there. And I, I, I do, you know, I've said this. Yeah, I, th I think if you give Vettel a car is comfortable in, um, we can we can see a Seb close to 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 his peak. And I think he's done a cracking job. I, I, I definitely think that car's easy got. Like, it's going to change so much. That's the, that's the thing. I, I think in another in another five races, I think that order of the midfield will be yeah. totally different to what it is now. And I think they could benefit from that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're going to be finally learning how to do the aerodynamics from the Red Bull. They finally learned how to actually use it. So <laughs> it's coming. Exactly. It's a few races to copy. I mean, they've got, they've got previous in this, but yeah, it looks like they've uh, nailed that one on. But uh, Alpine, now 
What a weird race for both of these drivers. Yet again, like the anchors are on one of their cars, just like mm. holding everyone up. I don't know what it is with this team. Just like one driver has a great race and the other one just like holds the uh, holds everyone up. But uh, <laughs> that car down the straight. Mad. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. What is going on pulling there? away um, when the car behind the Fernando race. said... Yeah, so me and, Hayden, was, yeah, yeah. me and Hayden caught it where if you were behind at eight tenths in the DRS zone behind uh, the Alpine, literally by the end, by the turn one, you're already a second and a half gone. It's mad how lightning quick it is. Oh. Like, I think in the speed trap, I think it came second quickest, I think. Um, no, it was one and I'm two. Sure it was I'm, one and two by miles. One and two, mad. But at least yeah. now we can actually see that, like, it's. Um, yeah, like the car is just built just for straight line speed, but for slow speed corners, it's. Just, yeah, we'll just hold everyone up. And the issue, obviously, with Baku going into, into sector two, it's apart from turn three, it's really hard to get past it, like, like with Monaco as well. Um, but yeah, it just seems to be this natural trend now that everyone's just being held up by, by an Alpine or Ocon or whoever it might be. So it's, um, yeah, I think for this one, yeah, going to Alonso, but like the straight line speed, it's just insane. Like, even like, like with DRS, like, like half a second behind them going into it, and it's still not enough. Insane. <laughs> Mad, mad. I, I do kind of, I do think kind of obviously Fernando finished behind Seb in the end. Um, so it's one of them that, yes, they had this breakneck speed, but were they able to capitalize as much as maybe they should have? Because I, I think the Alpine is a car that we haven't seen the best out of so far this year. I, I think the car has been better than the results we've seen, mainly through Alonso's bad luck. I, I think that's probably been just behind, for, for me, that's been clearer than McLaren as, as, a, as a car so far this year. Um, I, there's not much in it, but I, I do think, yeah, it, it was a bit of a shame. Seven and 10, I think they could be pretty happy with, um, but I do think there's still there's still more to come. And I've been, to be honest, I've been, as much as I've been impressed by Alonso, Ocon's disappointed me a little bit. I've got to be honest, um, so far this year. I, I think the performances have, I think Fernando's, I, I think the, the gulf between them was closer last year than what we've seen so far this year. I think Alonso's been more ahead. But yeah, yeah I'm giving this one Alonso's to Fernando been, as well, definitely. Alonso's been more unlucky this season. Uh, and mm, like Alonso's sure. got the points, so that's what a lot of people throw it to. But if you look at, you know, Australia and also Saudi Arabia, the performances were there from Alonso. And mm. um, Easy. Yeah, I think again, I mean, one's in seventh, the other's in tenth. Both got points, scoring finishes, so, so a good day for both drivers. But... You know, if it's a head-to-head, -head, you've got to choose one of them. It's Alonso. Yeah, it's yeah, definitely Fernando for me as well. I think in terms of the car, what Fernando said is that they basically went all top speed. And the problem with that is they didn't have as much downforce uh, through the corners. And it was actually hurting their tyre wear quite a lot. Because when you don't have as much downforce through the corners, it yeah. actually works the tyres mm. more. That's a good point. So that's what he was really struggling with. Because, yeah, he definitely should have finished ahead of Seb. Uh, you know, he was, up, he was up there. I think Seb pitted on lap nine and made those tyres, I think, work all the way until the end. Yeah. So... Yeah, maybe a few drop points there, but I think both of the drivers, I think they're doing quite a good job kind of uh, working together. But yeah, I didn't expect uh, Ocon slander from Tomo on this podcast, <laughs> but yeah, keep a watch out for that in future episodes. I'm too real, boys. I'm, I'm too biased, apparently. I'm I Alonso biased that now. Bad, but... <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, no, no. Maybe, I, I, you know, I, I set high standards of him. I, I think he's a very good F1 driver. I think he's like, considering his career, like jumped in first year in that Force India, you know, he was right there with Sergio. I, I I just I expect I expect a lot from him, and he hasn't quite met those expectations so far this year. But you got this, Esteban. <laughs> well, now ne next up, th now this was controversial. This was probably like 
I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what you guys are going to say about this because McLaren now mm. there was a lot going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a W for Daniel Ricciardo, but it it was very close towards the end. It got very spicy at the beginning with some team orders. Obviously, starting Dan Daniel was starting on the uh, alternate strategy on the hard tire, going long. Uh, he was held back. He did look like he had a little bit more pace than uh, than Lando Norris at the beginning, and then at the end. It seemed like there was some team orders that Lando maybe wasn't following. Maybe he wasn't happy too much uh, over the team radio now. Obviously, I am going to give it to Daniel Ricciardo. I feel like this was a really strong weekend, actually, by him in terms of, like, he just qualified behind Lando. But in the race, he definitely seemed to have the pace, especially on the hard tire. But what's going on? What are your guys feeling about the dynamic of that team? Because the vibes are off for me. The, the team radio between the team, like, the way they're working together, it's like one time they are working together because of the strategy. The next, it's like... Uh, no, we're racing. I want to get ahead of him, even though there's nothing to gain for the team. Like, I mean, Tomo, what what did you think about that whole like McLaren situation at the moment? Um, yeah, I, I think it's one of them. I mean, they almost had to call a safety car at one point because Lando was crying so much about being behind Daniel. <laughs> I, look, I, I I don't blame Lando. Obviously, like he wants to be ahead. He wants like if he thinks he's quicker, blah blah blah. I think obviously the fact that McLaren didn't let Lando through when he was quicker on the hard tire, which is was the better tire, uh, seemingly over the course of the weekend. I think, I think the fact that they allowed Daniel to, or they, because obviously Lando's like, I could have got past Daniel, and, and maybe he could, maybe he couldn't. But um, I, I think that I, I don't have. I know I've seen a, a lot of people having a pop at Lando because they think he was. But I'm just like, well, of course he's going to try and maximise his potential, and if he thinks whether he thinks he's going to get past Alonso, um, whether he actually was or not, I don't think he would have. I don't think he would have caught Alonso no, personally, but. Who knows? Um, I, I just think, yeah, I, the, the way that the team kind of managed it, because when they said to Lando, like, oh, we'll give you this option to like, oh, if you can get past, for, like, if you can catch Daniel and get past. I don't know. I, I just think the way that they um, orchestrated and communicated with the drivers probably wasn't the best. Um, but I don't, at the end of the day, I don't, I'm just re very happy for Daniel having because I think he needed this weekend. There's yeah. been a lot of scrutiny, a lot of pressure um, from everyone, ourselves included. And I, th I think that, you know, he does need to step up. He, he fully acknowledges that. I think everyone acknowledges that because um, we know how good he is. Like he said that himself. He, he said like the pressure's here because people know how good I am. And that's fair to say because we wouldn't be talking about it if he was just, you know, another driver being beaten by his teammate necessarily. So I, th I think, yeah, he, he's shown a lot. I think pace-wise, yeah, there was what is two tenths between him and Quali which is around a track as long as Baku's not terrible. And I think that in the race, their pace was pretty identical. Um, yeah. I think obviously, Dan yeah, Daniel ha was slower because he couldn't get past Lando. It wasn't allowed past Lando, but then he benefited by pitting under safety car. So I, I think their pace was pretty much the same, but I'm going to give it to Daniel as well because I'm happy for him. And I just think, yeah, McLaren <laughs> need to just tighten up the communication and because it, it did feel a bit cringe at times mm. i think on the radio but go matt go on you, you have your day yeah basically well <laughs> go like on, go off <laughs> well i think the first thing first and foremost like he solidified for everyone that he's staying with mclaren we found out that basically in the contract his terms was he was the deciding factor if he was going to stay or not not mclaren and he said he likes having his back to the wall he likes having the pressure and he wants to make this relationship work like he doesn't want to keep mm. jumping ship to everywhere because then you're just not going to improve any yourself as a driver or, or a car so I think coming into this race, he did need to like sort of properly start working with the team. And I think the team are genuinely trying to help him out with that. Um, yeah, definitely. So I will say as well, in the race, we do, everyone kind of does like forget like 
Lando was ahead in qualifying. He started ahead and he was behind Alonso. And if he wa if he felt like he had the pace in it, they both started on the same tire. So like he had the opportunity to pass Alonso originally in the race and he couldn't. But Daniel, who was on the, on the harder tire, which seemed to suit him a lot better than the mediums, which I think is a, also like a string of a, a, string, a narrative string coming through the whole of this uh, this season that like the hard, the hard tires seem to be better than the mediums because they just seem to have more grip. Um, but like, yeah, Daniel had more pace because he was on the hard tire, was told he wasn't allowed to pass um, when, you know, Lando couldn't pass um, Alonso. And then, yeah, he pitted when we had the VSC and um, Daniel got ahead with the overcut. Now, like the whole sort of team orders thing as well, we've, we've got to also remember this isn't the first time when like Daniel's been told to hold position when Lando's been ahead when he's had technical issues. I believe that might be in Australia because the team just wanted a nice yep. like uh, thing. So D Daniel, in terms of the team, has done the job right. He hasn't like gone angry or anything like that. He's played the team's strengths. Whereas here, I felt like, yeah, obviously Lando is always going to like, or whomever it might be, wants to have the better position, even if it's your teammate. But I think here, well, like, course, I think I think it's where McLaren probably didn't communicate it in the right way uh, when they're sort of saying to like Lando, like, oh yeah, we'll let him pass and like, you'll get ahead. Whereas actually when you've got like two laps to go, there is not real much point because you're just slowing up your own drivers when you're clearly not going to match that. So, but yeah. Uh, what, what, I, what I don't like, I want, I need to ask you boys, because I feel like I, I misinterpreted I think everyone's maybe misinterpreted what McLaren was saying because wasn't it where Daniel was behind and they mm. were like, no, we're not going to let you pass Lando because we want Lando to be able to pit and come out ahead of Alonso. But obviously when he did pit, he was nowhere near Alonso. So I, I don't well, think that's what they actually meant by that message. But I don't know. What, 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 uh, do, do you agree, Hayden? I, well, I think I think their one was wasn't it from from early in the race? Yeah, they said like you know that was why they were you, we're going to hold rank now because Daniel had to hold rank earlier. That's pretty much the simplicity mm. of it. Yeah, yeah, and that was that's what happened. Um, you know, I don't mind this little deal that that goes on. I do it in in my league races with if I'm with a teammate as well. Like if I feel like I'm quicker than them and can attack the drive behind and they haven't been able to take him for like quite a few laps, I'm mm. with switch round. I'll go for it. If I don't get it, you know. I give back that position. You've got to be respectful as a driver as well. You know, you've got to have trust that your teammate is going to do that and give you back the position. But it's a good thing to work out. If you've done multiple laps and not been able to overtake a driver and your teammate's right behind and they feel like they're quicker, give them a go. If they get past him, great for the team. They've maximized. They've got some extra points. If they don't, you can just switch it back around. Everybody's still happy. Um, I'm going to be the odd one out here and just go to Lando Norris on this one. It was very close between both drivers. Lando beam in qualifying, yeah. but Ricardo jumped him because he pitted on the virtual safety car. Um, he did. That was the be end and end all of it. Like he did. Like did at the end of the day, be he did. And but then Daniel Lando, had more pace. Lando, Lando yeah. pitted wasn't allowed earlier. Got had to come back through the field and overtake people. Daniel pitted on the virtual safety car. Came out just ahead of Lando. No, I, I think it's close. So had I think he it's had close to enough. take a normal mm. pit stop, he would have been. Quite a bit yeah. behind. I think it's close enough for the room to be split. I can okay. understand why you're well, giving it to Daniel because you know we give him a little clap. Well, no, no, no. <laughs> but no, no, no. Sorry, no, 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 no. Who's no, no. the better driver? This uh, no, no, no. no. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, you're, yeah, you're, wait, sorry. So, you're doing better. So when Daniel has he's got more pace than Lando go. on the hard tire, um, oh, cool. therefore that oh, <laughs> you're you're saying like oh just because he got the advantage like 
it's not just that. He did. As well. he did. You, you, you can't not say that he didn't get the advantage of pitting under. But like, we're also talking like, about like his pace during the race was on the same. Yeah, that's why I said. That's why I said it's not. And then all of a sudden, it's not out he, and out. Lando Norris is very close between the two of them. But the deciding factor for me was that he did gain because he pitted under virtual safety car. It's it's a fact. Mm. I mean, I'll, I'll just kind of just to add my little two cents to it. When you do go on the alternative strategy on the hard tire that is kind of your strategy to chase a safety car especially when you have a track like Baku where there is a high chance of a safety car so yeah. it was kind of his strategy to go long and hope for it a doesn't mean, you're or better, something, doesn't mean you had a better performance if your uh, yeah, strategy sure. worked I mean, out I'm still going to go with Ricardo I'm not saying it was by the I'm not saying it was like a massive gap by the way because no, it's I think for I, yeah. me like you said to be fair like you said with your league racing in terms of like you have to have trust with your teammate I think there is zero trust in that team, to be honest, between the two of them. Like, Lando, yeah. basically, he's he's thinking, like, I've, I, I, you know, I'm dominating Daniel at the moment. I do not want him to gain any momentum. I don't want him to sort anything out because I am the number one here. So he has got that championship mindset the same way that Vettel had when he was at, uh, when he was at Red Bull. The same way that actually Hamilton had against Bottas many, many times. He's got that championship mindset where he's got, he's got that arrogant kind of feeling to, like, I've mm -hmm. always got to be the number one. I've always had to have the best strategy. It's not necessarily like a bad thing or it's not necessarily unnatural. Mm. Every single number one driver feels like they should have that right. Yeah, and that's why I think he's trying to get on top of Ricardo mentally. Even at the end, there was nothing for the team to gain. They weren't going to catch Alonso. Yeah, First of all, catching Alonso and overtaking him with that straight line speed are two different things. <laughs> and he was still exactly. like putting little fake little dive bombs, just putting the pressure on. And I think that's what's going on. I think it's a battle of egos. It's a battle of who controls the team. And I don't think, and I think Lando doesn't want Daniel to kind of get that momentum. So yeah, yeah it, all I'm saying is that it's going to be very interesting how this plays out throughout the season, because, you know, it's just, uh, there's a very big power, I think power struggle in that team. And uh, that's, that's all I'll say. Let's leave the McLaren <laughs> debacle for now, because otherwise it's going to take up literally the rest of the podcast. Alfa Romeo. I mean, Guan Yuzhou is never going to get Cannot unlucky. catch a He's break. He's the unluckiest driver. Unbelievable. This was his best race, in my opinion. I'm actually going to go with the Guan Yuzhou on this one. Joey. It was his up, best race. Up the Joey. Me too. Yeah. Up the Joey. <laughs> it was his best race in all, all year in terms of pace and also relative to Bottas. Yeah. And his, I mean, did you hear his radio, by the way, when he was like, when his engineer just calmly was like, yeah, listen, mate, we've got to retire the car. And he was like, are you joking me? Are you actually, are you actually <laughs> oh, like, are you having a giggle? Broke my heart. <laughs> so yeah, unlucky for, unlucky for Joe, but yeah, not a great kind of weekend for Alfa Romeo, but I'm going to give this one to Joe. I'm sure the luck is coming. It's coming. Mm. I, I know mm. it is. I'm, 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 I was happy. You know what? As much as yes, yeah, you know, yeah, Bottas finished, finished P11. There was potentially a point in there um, for him. As much as, yeah, it, it's his third, what is it? His third DNF in a row through uh, factors completely outside of his control um but i'm ultimately i'm still happy that we've actually seen him now because his delta to bottas particularly in qualifying has been pretty mm -hmm. huge yeah um all season like arguably the biggest um Lo but i'm, yeah. I'm just it just yeah it just seems to like performance wise this is the like, one of the it's done all right in races but he hasn't really looked close to Valtteri so i'm just really happy for him that He's been able to extract this level of performance. If he keeps this up over the rest of the season, then I think there's many more points on the on the table. So up the Joey, Joe Guanyu, you are my choice. Up the Joey. Yeah, I mean, fantastic Correct weekend choice. for him. Um, it's just been a struggle, hasn't it, for him this season? Because I feel like as a rookie coming into it, he's done absolutely fantastic. Fantastic, Hasn't put a foot wrong. Had that one incident in the sprint rate with, with Gasly, which was more of a racing incident between the two of them. Every single qualifying, you know, 
it's the the gap has definitely been there to Bottas, but Bottas, you know, we, we know how good he is. I think a lot of people mm. forgot it's, it whilst that Mercedes period, and now they're finally amazing. starting to remember it again. Mm. And uh, Joe then to beat him here and then be beating him in the race before that DNF happened. He was running in the points after qualifying. Yep. I think it was 14th he was on the grid. Yeah, or 14, maybe, 15, yeah 14th yeah, on the grid. Yeah. Uh, so to do that, to get them back into the points and was looking really good. And then obviously the, the DNF happened. He's going to get some luck. He's already got a point on the board so far this season. Already got a point over another rookie from last season who is uh, not doing so well. We'll um, get to him. We'll get to him. We'll get to him, don't you worry. Uh, but yeah, Joe, absolutely fantastic this weekend. Yeah, I can't really add Man. much more. Everything's kind of been said. It's just, he's just, he's having such a bad luck with the reliability again of the reliability of the car. Um, I think, yeah, the qualifying is just where he needs to just improve on a bit more. But like, we've seen it though, like he, it's, he doesn't always have the best qualifying, but then in the race, he always does make the places up um, and then being able to eventually get a single point into it. But like, it's just the reliability. I'm sure at some point, like, the car will be fine. I just hope it's not the end of the season. But yeah, for this one, yeah, I've still got to go, go, got to go with Joe with this one. And just to add, actually, on top of everything, Alfa Romeo, bring back your livery. Oh, that livery. I, oh the green. God, I, <laughs> I wasn't feeling it, it Alfa. So I, I love your livery. Guan Yu Zhou's helmet is amazing. I love that as well. But that livery with the green, I was not literally like, went from yeah, the best livery on the grid to the worst livery. Yeah, let, let, let's run that back uh, in Canada. But listen, but... we're talking about it, and that's marketing, boys. That's that's it works. <laughs> it did the I, job. I'm, I'm not I'm not too sure if I missed something. Is there a particular reason why the livery was for Baku yeah. and not for Monza? It's... Yeah, so it, it, it's that they were advertising Alfa Romeo's hybrids, like new hybrid line, and I guess green because hybrid because <sighs> just, green washing. Just seemed yeah, uh, but yeah, you would think yeah, I would, would make Italy. Way you? more buy it even yeah. less now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But now you've heard of it. And again, we're talking about it. That's what they want marketing. Other hybrid cars are available. This <laughs> podcast is coming to you by Alfa Romeo hybrid cars. Get yours using the link in the description. Yes, one day, Alfa one day, Romeo, please. send me that invoice uh, ASAP. Now, we said we'd talk about him and he didn't crash. Alert the media. He, he, did, he had a clean-ish weekend. Uh, he didn't crash. He Schumacher. <laughs> even though he did qualify right at the back. Um, yeah, it's it has. I mean, what even happened to them? I feel like K-Mag was up there, but another Ferrari power unit mm. issue. Um, his car was also left rolling away. It was hilarious. I don't know if you guys saw, by the way. <laughs> yeah, oh, that was mad. Yeah. Is anyone going to come and help me here? Like, do you know what I mean? No handbrake, the, apparently. Yeah, no handbrake. But I'm, I'm still going to give it to K-Mag because, you know, as much oh, as yeah. it was a clean weekend by Schumacher, I mean, the pace was nowhere. But I, I think he needs that, by the way. Just like clean weekends, no crashes. Just rebuild his confidence before maybe you can actually have a better... A, a I, I want Hayden to go first. The end of the season. I, I, I uh, can feel... I can feel... Yeah. I can feel Just some brutality coming. Weekend, I mean... Uh, Right, okay, a little bit of context. I'm not saying he's the my driver, by the way, just to clarify. Again, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Uh, we've already said it was Tomo Stag on Saturday. We didn't watch qualifying live. I haven't had a chance to catch up, so I don't know if there is a reason why Mick Schumacher was so far off the pace. I'm just putting it out there that he was 1.1 seconds off the pace of Magnussen. Whether there's an issue, someone will correct me in the comments, wow. so I'm not going to go too deep into that. But in the race... Magnuson was running just around the points. Like he was just outside. Yeah, I think the he, I think he got okay. to eleventh. Yeah, maybe even tenth at one point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was in tenth. He got overtaken, I think, by Alonso, and then was running around like eleventh position for a bit. Uh, meanwhile, and he made his, his way through made... the field as well, didn't he? Because he yeah, didn't yeah, have a good yeah. qualifying either. Yeah, because he started P sixteen. Yeah, didn't meanwhile, he? Mm. yeah. Meanwhile, his teammate is down just ahead of Nicholas Latifi, and he's you know it, like forty him, seconds off the place. 
Uh, maybe even behind him. That's even worse. Well, so qualified, gonna, I, I think he was in front. Latifi had to stop go, didn't he? So. Latifi oh, yeah, did, did yeah, have the yeah. stop go. But yeah, he was like 40 seconds off and then Magnussen's running in the points. Like, what is going on? Like, how can you be that much off your teammate? Like, <laughs> at least awful. when Stroll's yeah. off his teammate, he's still in the fight with the back of the midfield. Like, come on. And I'd say that the Haas it was car is on a similar level to those <laughs> Alfa Romeos and the Aston Martin. It switches and chops and changes between races, but Haas should be, because we're looking at where Magnussen's putting it. The only time that Schumacher's been close, close to being in the points, Go was off. Bahrain. Go but where was, where was Magnussen? Magnussen was P5. <laughs> like, it was, it was sorry, a Mazepin-esque eight, performance, wasn't it? Yeah, we're um, eight races in now. And like, I, you know... I think we all love Mick Schumacher and I think it's partly because we all love Michael Schumacher and, you know, the the iconic stamp that he has on the sport and we all want to see Mick do well. But right now, it's just looking like a Bruno Senna all over again. Mm. Second, second season is the season where, like, Sonoda's kicking on, you know? So, Sonoda's made a clear step forward. I've said, like, I've said this a million times before. I think the fact that he didn't have a an experienced teammate to learn from the fact that he was was running around at the back and had no real chances to you know hone his will to will racecraft not that I'm saying that's a particular weakness at all but you know that rookie season he didn't get anywhere near the value that Joe Wang Yu's getting from his rookie season and yeah like it, the golf was surprisingly large I, I don't think there's been a huge amount I, I don't think like in one lap pace like in qu their qualifying gap before this race anyway their average gap was no bigger than the average gap between like Hamilton and Russell and Alonso and Ocon. And it was kind of like, I think it's like two and a half, three tenths. But yeah, I mean, in the race, he was just nowhere. And yeah, I I, I think the, the name probably gets him more mm. concessions um, for sure. <laughs> I, I think ultimately, you know, they're sports people. We can comment on their performances without it being personal. And, and I think that, mm. you know, Mick's just, unfortunately, he's just not, delivering so far in terms of either binning the car or being yeah. nowhere, like still no points on the still, board. Like you yeah, say, hey, in a driver. really good car. Yeah, he's still the yeah. only driver yeah. alongside Nicholas Satifi and uh, Nico Hulkenberg, who did two races who haven't scored any points. <laughs> And, you know? and the four of us. We haven't got any points. And the four of us. Four I mean, of exactly. Us. Yeah. We've got the I'm, same amount of points this season. And, and we haven't done about $20 million worth of damage as well. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to just be really blunt. I'm I'm bored of this narrative now with Mick. I like I'm not a fan of him. Like people will say like, oh, he won an F2 championship. I don't give a fuck. Like I'm sorry, this is not <gasps> F2. This is F1. Oh like, my god! Like I honestly, I'm so distinguished. Out. It's time Jeez. to go. But like, like it's, it's just like you've had the time now. There's other F2 drivers who come in and show what they can do. It goes to show that Mazepin really was absolute dog shit. But then also <laughs> Schumacher. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't even better and much better. Like I'm so sorry, but like actually, I mean, I'm not. Fair. Like Magnuson's come in from not not being in uh, not being in the sport. Has Sat shown on his him sofa up, at home. Literally shown him up massively. And Mick Schumacher has had all the time to prep at the at the headquarters. Had testing time. Had a whole extra season. And this is what we get to show for it. And I'm, I'm you know what? I'm just so bored of it now. Like he's just like Latifi. Just I think he's done. Honestly, I do think Magnuson is underrated though. I will say that. I, I do Agreed. think Magnussen's a very, Agreed. very good driver. Yeah, but all um, drivers should be think, like that. Like, that's, 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 yeah, that's, that's, but, that's and, how it and, should and be. And it's, it's, 
it's amplified how bad it's looking for Mick because yeah, he's he's not doing the job. I, I don't disagree yeah. with what you're saying. Absolutely, but yeah, but there's but there's yeah, a difference like between I'm... between the two because you have this a similar situation in Alfa Romeo between Joe and Bottas where the qualifying gap is huge, but Joe is able to keep mm. it on track and he's able to be in that fight. That's that's the difference there. Mm. Exactly that, and also like we're not forgetting like Mick does have a like a mentor, which is Sebastian Vettel. Obviously, he's not going to give him all the data from like you know as soon as you get out of the car and have the workaround with it. But like he has had someone well, he crashed into his mentor in Miami. Exactly that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look what I can do. We're going to be far before I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> but like he has had someone there to like help him out, especially you know just not even just like the car, but also no, like you're right. work, working. You're right. But it's obviously it's not going to be the same extent of having someone actually in the team to share data with. Granted, but you can't give him too much slack. Like if he had a completely different name, all of us would be saying, mate, get out the sport. Like, it's that's the only thing that I think is literally helping him stay in, unfortunately. But yeah, anyway, that's enough of it. <sighs> name Two drivers or the ago, new pay drivers. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Uh, back at, was it? Two videos ago, I said that he's not going to be there next year and I still stand by it, so... Yeah, not looking good. Uh, I still Mick, think but... he's got a chance to turn it. I think I'm probably the most positive out of the four of us about like the, Mick potentially this shouldn't, this shouldn't be a hot take. This should be like, this is what we're all kind of There's a qualifying gap. Apart, take, take away today. The qualifying gap's not been massive, but yeah, it's it's not been a good season. So. Mm. So. Yeah. Now, last team on the grid, Williams. I'm, the first thing I've got to say... <laughs> What was that team doing at the beginning? Like, oh my many God. times I will defend Nicholas Latifi, <laughs> but what were they doing at the beginning? Like, what was that mechanic doing? Love like, it. Touching I've, that car. I think they don't really need to off. care, like, do they? They, they don't need to care. They just slap on it. Yeah, just go, like, yeah, dumb, oh, like, crap. Good luck, Nicholas Latifi. Yeah, we've Literally given a 10-second like... time penalty, but it's not going to really matter, is it? You know? So my question is, did the mechanic have to do it to get Latifi in? So was it like if the mechanic hadn't done it, Nicky would have got a penalty anyway? (laughs) So he just did it for shits and gigs. It wasn't like a... He must have just forgot and just been like, yeah, good luck, mate. Slap on. And then because he must have felt... Matt Poor was bloke, saying like, yeah. yeah, yeah, but that's the thing. You're saying Absolute that he must have felt, oh, <laughs> what the fuck? But they probably all got back there. And we're going, don't worry, mate, because he's going to be last anyway. It's not so worth it. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> We've already got his money. It's, it's like, fine. Good luck, Nicholas Latifi. Like, maybe you can get up to P18. Like, that'd be sick. <laughs> well, he P18 wasn't last in qualifying. Maybe. So you never know. Like, maybe this yeah, was his. It, yeah, obviously, true. we didn't get ready to. I guess we have to give it to, to Albon just because, you know, he got up to yeah, P12. So pretty close to the points, I mean. Not, not that, but to be fair, what no, behind Albon, it's, it's Sonoda, whose rear wing broke, and then it's Schumacher and Latifi, and then it's all DNFs otherwise. So I, I don't think, like, I just think that Williams is unfortunately <laughs> quite clearly now the worst car now that the I, Aston Martin's improved. I, I think Alex needs a new hair colour. You know, the red's worn off. We need to go for a brand new hair dye, and yeah. then the magic's going to come back. That's what we need. The, me- the memes kind of died, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a little bit like, 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 shit. like, he just needs a different colour. <laughs> what match the blue match the match let's go for blue match the car you know and then when that starts to wear off we go for green and then we just switch it about he becomes the what dribble ac yeah, say work our way through yeah work our way through the rainbow see what we get to until it runs out <laughs> <laughs> well 
Well, there uh, you go. I, I, I mean, yeah, it's got to be Alex as well. I feel like it's just a bit of a non-race for Williams, and it just turned up basically. Because <laughs> I was gonna say the names that Tomo was reading out, like he, he was, you know, Alex was ahead of the guy who had half a wing, ahead of the guy who luckily didn't crash, and everyone else had a DNF. So it was like, yeah, decent race, you know. Is that uh, Williams' tagline yeah, at the end of the much... season? Just turns up. <laughs> what a, just to turns be fair, up. just turns though, up. It, that for Williams, they've either like this year they've either got to throw something mad with a strategy, which has worked for them like a couple of times, or just keep in the race, keep your nose clean, don't have any incidents, and keep up there. I mean, got P twelve in the end. There were a lot of DNS, but you know, you, you put yourself in that position. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. We're not seeing Latifi put himself in that position to inherit any good luck. We're not seeing him anywhere near, not even close, and and that's why. <laughs> the gulf between the two, at least Alex has given the, the team a chance to score points. But I think, again, with the Aston Martin improvement, Williams and now, they need a big update to and save their season. Also, I, I don't know if they're going to be able to do Latifi's it. Latifi's now got a penalty point for, you know, ignoring blue flags, exact same as Albon. Um, I think he ignored, I think it was True. like 12, blue, 12 blue flags. Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah, and I'm not too sure how that works out, but I think it's, um, I mean, I, I'm sure they've now tightened the rules since Monaco for that. But yes, he's now got a penalty point yeah. for ignoring. Yeah, there was, well, oh, we yeah. got away with it last time, so it's fine. <laughs> to be fair, he was actually, I was quoted afterwards, he was saying that actually he was doing Gasly a favour because he wanted to give Gasly DRS. Bullshit. Um, <laughs> uh, look, look, to, to be fair, though, he did, though. They, he, that did do Gasly a favour, not. Because if he'd have got out of the way, then Lewis would have gone straight past down the straight. But yeah, but blue flags. I, I mean, maybe he's just saying that. Blue flags, yeah. I, don't know, I, I know. I'm just playing devil's advocate. I'm just saying. I'm just, I'm just making sure you know all the information, right? Stop playing devil's advocate with literally every single driver. Like. Actually, do you know what? Wow. Carlos Sainz is the best driver on the grid. You know, <laughs> Mick Schumacher deserves to stay in the sport. <laughs> That's my next video done. <laughs> Right, that wraps up. Maybe not the best race of the season. It was an alright. It was an alright Grand Prix, okay. but all next right. time out we have Canada. Tomo, you doing anything? Uh, doing anything? Anything uh, much okay. that weekend? Okay. Yes, I'm going to be there. I've got a ticket to my For email. The Grand Prix, of course. For the Grand Prix, <laughs> and then I'm getting married. So you'll be seeing this finger. will have, if a, you have time. a band on it after, uh, a couple of days after. So yeah, I'll be there. Hopefully to bring some uh, good luck. So you won't be seeing me on talking points for. For a while now, because what I'm away for, obviously for Canada, I'm away for Silverstone. I think I'm away for Hungary. Is it? I well, think I so. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm I think sure. you. I, I, I think I've got it written down somewhere that like, you get back in like a two days after. I think, but yeah, <laughs> absolutely, boys. So yeah, I mean, so good luck without me. Okay, you're gonna need it. Yeah, can I, I can't carry the podcast anymore. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> oh, here we go. Right, is Minton going off, to Canada? Because we can have no. Minton on instead. Yeah, you could, you could, yeah, you could yeah. try to race. I can, I can pull up one of your drunken yeah. photos and just have that here in place nah, if you want, nah, mate. Yeah, nah. got it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, no, battery died. <laughs> Brilliant, right? Before it completely goes off the rails, that is the end of this podcast. Our review of the Azerbaijan Grand Prix. We hope you did enjoy it, and if you did, don't forget to give it a like and also subscribe to the F1 Talking Points channel. And we'll see you in the next one. <laughs>